We are live. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Educator Innovator Hangout on Air. This introduces the Letters, uh, letters to the Next President 2.0 Make Cycles for the Summer, and this is Make Cycle Number 1's Hangout. I'm your host for this Hangout, Joe Dillon, and I'm with the Denver Writing Project, which is in full swing right now with the Summer Institute and a Young Writers Camp underway. Um, this Hangout connects letter, the Letters to the Next President Project you know, connects to the letters to the next pro uh, next president project, and I have a little slideshow I'm going to walk you through to kind of briefly give give some background about what that project is. Which requires me to screen share, which can be a technical feat. Yeah, so the Letters to the Next President 2.0 engages and connects young people, aged 13 to 18, as they research, write, and make media to voice their opinions on issues that matter to them in the coming election. You can visit letters2president.org to learn more. Currently, this website is bringing together resources and opportunities for educators working with youth. In late July, it will become a publishing site for youth letters, both text and multimedia letters. Sign up now to kind of follow that evolution and learn more. The webinar today is connected to a summer series of opportunities for educators. It's part of the Letters to the Next President 2.0 Summer Make Cycles for Educators. So it, hopefully it supports educators in how they might work with youth on this project in their classroom or other contexts. Today is the first make cycle. We're going to focus today's discussion on how any of us, adults or youth, can engage critically with media by remixing, remaking, and speaking back, whether to news, to political advertising, or around topics that we are passionate about. So I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to offer a special thanks to our guests for making the time to be here and host this week's make cycle. For those of you who are watching this Hangout Live, we encourage you to post your thoughts, ideas, questions via the Q&A feature embedded in the video player, or you can tweet questions and follow along using the hashtag pound2nextprez. So now I'd like to begin with brief introductions for everyone. Please tell us briefly who you are, what organization or school you're coming from, and one thing you're excited about today in relation to this d discussion about remix and speaking back to media. Is it okay if we start with you, Alan? Yes. Hi. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Alan Berry. I'm the Education Director at The LAMP, the Learning About Multimedia Project. We're a nonprofit media literacy education organization based in New York City. Um, and I'm really excited to hear about the other organizations and what they're they're doing um, around um, letters to the next president. And I'm very excited to introduce everyone to our the Lamps uh, Media Breaker Studios platform as well. Awesome. And you, Emily? Hi, I'm Emily I'm with The Lamp. I'm the Director of Communications and Development, and I am also excited to share everybody 
uh, with Media Breaker Studios, which we just launched back in April, and um, also to talk back more to some of this election as we gear up and head into the national conventions now that it appears that we have two final candidates. How about you, Jeremy Dean? I'm Jeremy Dean. I'm the Director of Education at Hypothesis, which is a web annotation tool. Um, I'm always excited to do anything that involves a national writing project, uh, and I've long known about the LAMP since my days at Rap Genius in New York, and used to rap with uh, DC Vito about uh, remixing in video and remixing on lyrics, so this is a subject that's uh, dear to my heart, and I'm excited to learn about the other projects and, and share what students and teachers can do with uh, our web annotation tool. Terrific, thanks. And, and that Robert, that leaves you. Hi, I'm Robert Friedman with uh, Mozilla Learning, and I'm excited about the um, different projects represented today that really um, tackle current events um, in a very uh, immediate fashion to give young people a voice um, to shape the world around them as it changes day to day. So I think that's really exciting. Um, I'm glad to be part of this, uh, this webinar today. Terrific. Well, thanks again to everybody for joining us. And what we want to do is just kind of go around the horn, hearing from each organization about what they, they're suggesting that educators might try during this uh, make cycle to engage with hacking or breaking the news. So I'd like to start with uh, Alan and Emily. Would you mind talking to us a little bit about uh, what you're proposing that participants might, might do to, uh, to speak back to the media? Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take the helm, and Emily can jump in jump in when she wants. Um, so, a project that we've been doing around the election uh, is something we call Break the Election, um, and we've been going around to a lot of sites in New York City and having students engage with um, campaign ads, campaign advertisements, and commercials, um, looking at the how um, the candidates are communicating their message through visual and oral media, um, how the persuasion techniques that they're using. And then having students um, remix or talk back, as we say, to those campaign ads um, through our Media Breaker tool or through iMovie, Final Cut, whatever's available. Um, and they're, they're re-editing the, the ads, inserting their own critical opinions, uh, questioning the techniques that the, uh, the candidates are using. Um, and I'm going to show you a couple of student examples. So I will share my screen. All right. So the first one, I'm, I'm going to try to be um, bipartisan here, or bipartisan. I'll show you uh, one about a Ted Cruz, a Ted Cruz ad. There's a scorpion in the desert. For most of us, its venom is a clear and deadly threat. But others refuse to even speak its name. There's a scorpion in the desert. For most of us, its venom is a clear and deadly threat. If I'm elected to serve as Commander-in-Chief, we won't cower in the face of evil. America will lead. We'll rebuild our military. We'll kill the terrorists. And every Islamic militant will know 
if you wage jihad against us, you're signing your death warrant. If I'm elected president, we will triple the border patrol. We will build a wall that works. We will secure the border. But others refuse to even speak its name. Since the scorpion seeks our destruction, isn't it time we recognize the scorpion for what it is before it strikes again? I'm Ted Cruz, and I approve this message. All right, so that's one example. As you can see, the student took um, that uh, campaign ad and really questioned, really deconstructed the emotional pill um, of fear that that ad is using to uh, convince voters. Um, and I will show you another one about Hillary Clinton. life and what she went through are big reasons why standing up for kids and families became such a big part of my life. The senator who made sure the heroes and families of 9-11 got the care they needed. So that group that uh, tackled that day, you can see they mashed up a lot of different um, uh, media examples they took from a lot of different sources. Um, and um, so now I wanted to show you uh, our Media Breaker Studios platform. Um, as Emily said, we just launched this a couple weeks ago. But um, this, is, uh, this is the platform. It works best on a Chrome browser. Um, and it's as easy as registering. It's, it's completely free. Um, the only information we collect are email addresses. Um, so you register, and then log in. And then the idea is that you're creating a studio space in which um, you invite students um, to um, view media, to break media, to talk back to media. Um, and it's a, a completely safe space. The only, the only people who will see um, your studio and see your students work or yourself and uh, the students you invite to that experience. Um, so this is my studio. Um, this is an experience I created around uh, Break the Election. Um, and every studio, every experience will have these two videos here. Uh, one's on critical commentary and one's on fair use in regards to uh, critical remix. Um, so those are good resources that you can use in the classroom. Uh, they're fun resources as well. Um, and so this is the lesson plan that I created with some key questions for students to analyze, some outside sources. 
Um, factcheck.org is a great one. Uh, Political TV Ad Archive, which is Internet Archive's um, project where they're collecting all the um, uh, campaign ads this uh, election season and annotating them. Uh, I think that's a great example, great resource. Um, and then within the experience, you can upload the media that you want your students to look at. Um, so you're curating um, and a selection of videos for them. Um, this, this also means that you don't have to um, have access to YouTube within your classroom setting, uh, which from our experience in New York City schools, that really drags down the bandwidth um, that's already, you know, shoddy to begin with. Um, so this is a way of, of circumventing that and also, you know, keeping your students focused. Um, but um, within this, you can look at, you can look at the videos, um, and all of these videos exist within the platform itself. Um, and then when a student, say a student wants to remix this Bernie Sanders ad, all they have to do is click open a media breaker and it will automatically take you to our remix tool, which is this that you see right now. Um, and so that video will automatically show up on the timeline. This is my saved um, stuff, so I have a, quite a few edits already here. Um, the video is here. Um, you can upload other videos, say if you want to mash mash up some uh, other media artifacts like um, the Clinton Nene group did. Um, so you can find them here. You can upload as many as you want. You can upload your own videos as well. You can upload other audio examples, sound effects, music. Um, there's also an audio library that's already there for everyone with some sound effects and some music examples. Um, all licensed through Creative Commons. Um, and so within this, it's pretty simple to use. Um, you can make simple cuts. Um, you can delete things. You can add captions. You can add titles. Um, and very easy to use. Um, so if you've never edited um, yourself or you've never edited with your students, um, this should be easy to use. Or if you do have some experience editing, it should also be easy to use. It shouldn't be too frustrating, um, which is key for us. Um, and then as when you're done, um, the great thing is this is tied to an email address. Uh, my email address here, you'll see. Your, your students will also have their email address there. Uh, you can save, so you can always come back to this later. Uh, and then when you're ready, you hit submit, agree to the terms and conditions, um, and all of the breaks that your students create or you create will go to the break gallery that's tied to the studio experience. It's lagging behind here now, but you'll see all the gallery, you'll see all the breaks within that gallery, and students can comment on each other's work. They can give each other kudos, whether it's, they think it's great editing or it's a great idea or it's creative. They can do that, and students can see a running tally of their kudos as well. Um, yeah, and that's um, that's what we can do. I mean, that's what we've been doing. It can be in as as involved as you want it to be. We've run some break the election programs that were multiple days. We've run some that were just one-day workshops where students spend about 45 minutes creating breaks. Um, it's really up to you. And I'm going to unshare my screen. Emily, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Um, no, not really. I see, but I do see that there is a question from Twitter about if there is a way to avoid downloading 
large media files before uploading them to Media Breaker? Um, and the short answer is no. What we would suggest is you can download large files onto something like a thumb drive, or you can also put them onto something like Dropbox. Um, but once they're up in Media Breaker, you can also remove them from your computer, so you don't have to keep up that, you don't have to hold them on your hard drive permanently. So they can just be on there for just a short time. Um, we do also suggest to using uh, shorter video clips. That's why things like um, political campaign ads that typically are no more than 30 seconds or a minute, those are generally smaller files, so those tend to work uh, to work pretty well. But, um, but that's a workaround for using uh, a larger file if that's the one that, that you really want to use. Even, even a full HD video file downloaded from YouTube is going to be a pretty small. It's going to be, it's not going to be more than 100 megabytes. Um, but again, once it's uploaded to to the Media Breaker Studios platform, it lives within that platform, so you can get rid of that file. Um, and there's another uh, audience question too. I see. How does Remix and speaking back to media support writing a letter to the next president? Um, so this is this is a good question. It's kind of a bigger one, and I think it's I'm probably one that other people might want to want to weigh in on as well, but I think in our interpretation, um, media is such a huge part of politics right now, um, and, I mean, has been really always, um, and it's a huge part of the political process, and it has such a huge impact on how we vote and why we vote and the way that we vote, and, um, you know, so much of media, of media, particularly in an age of Citizens United, is media talking to us and not us getting a lot of chances to do a lot of talking back. Um, it, it can be really hard to even find out who's funding a particular ad. And so Remix is a way to sort of have your say in a world where if you don't have millions of dollars to go around sponsoring a candidate or putting up your own ad, um, it can feel kind of helpless as far as getting your message out there goes. Um, and that's, yeah. I could, we could go on much longer, I'm sure, on that question, but that's just short. Yeah, it's a, it's a different form of civic engagement. It's media activism as civic engagement. It's, um, I mean, as young people get, get most of their information about the candidates and about the election from media. Um, so the fact that they can take media and talk back to it, remix it, engage with it, um, instead of just accepting it, you know, just um, receiving it the way the candidates, the way media want us to, um, it's actually creating a dialogue and a conversation. Yeah, and I think that's a terrific point to pick up later later on in our discussion because I think that, uh, you know, certainly youth or the educators engaged with us this summer will be in, will be trying to find topics of interest. But, you know, generally speaking, when, when youth see ma media mashups, there's a level of interest-driven inquiry there too where they want to know how that's done and they're interested in, you know, how they create these mashups. So the idea that there's, there's an interesting intersection of, interests. So we'll come back to that. Thank you, Alan and Emily, for introducing the uh, the Media Breaker stuff. And we'll, we'll uh, if you're part of this project, then you've, you've gotten a newsletter that will take you to some very specific and useful tutorials. So this is just really meant to, to sort of show some examples and pique your interest. Now I'd like to ask Robert from Mozilla to talk about what you're suggesting for participants this week. Hi. Um... Yeah, I'm excited to share actually something I did with some 8th graders um, uh, two weeks ago in a Saturday program I run. So I'm, I'm going to start by um, just showing you some of the cool makes that our um, young leaders in the classroom made. Um, so I'm going to screen share um, 
a few websites that were created by students. Um, and I, I think the, the real um, goal uh, for the work that I'm about to show you is to demonstrate how the web is hackable or remixable, right? How it can be a platform for youth to publish and express themselves using modern tools uh, for production and participation. Um, and so the first couple things I'm going to show you are kind of meme style um, quotes that young people found from the candidates. This one's a particularly cute picture of Bernie Sanders. Um, and there's going to be a little bit of a political bias here, and I'm going to touch on that in a second, um, that, was, uh, that came from the students themselves. So this is real feedback from a group of eighth graders in a STEM classroom I work with. So the, the prompt that I used with the students um, to kind of get them thinking and searching was to um, identify quotes from candidates they support or oppose um, that really elicit viewpoints that they feel strongly about um, and to uh, and to find those quotes to either just um, uh, share them with friends or to um, critique them or to add their own commentary. So this really simple um, example uh, is one where it's really just a, a simple share out of something Bernie Sanders said. Now if you're interested in following along with these examples and seeing them yourself, um, I actually have a really simple link for you um, which I I'm going to try to bring up, but it's um, mzl.la forward slash um, make cycle one. So if you go to mzl.la, and I'm going to pop it up for you right now, um, mzl.la forward slash make cycle one, you can actually see all these student examples um, linked there and, and the prompts that we use to sort of elicit them. So check that out. It's an online discussion forum where you can continue to ask questions about these makes after the fact. Um, so here's the Bernie Sanders one. Um, there was the, the thing in particular that I kind of um, asked students to do was to find quotes that resonated with what we were doing in class. So we're a STEM class, and so I asked them to look for things um, that maybe resonate with their um, perspective on how STEM has shown up in the election. Um, so we got some cool feedback um, on uh, climate change. So here's a quote from Hillary Clinton on climate change. Um, that's a little provocative. I guess here's the grandmother meme coming back again. Um, she likes to uh, advertise that. Here's a funny quote um, someone found from Donald Trump. Funny, depending on your particular sense of humor. Um, and it's cute to see the this young person, or it's particularly interesting to see this young person um, highlight their own perspective, which is that climate change, um, which is actually super technical and interesting there. It's it's global climate change, not global warming, and it affects everyone, not just you. Um, so this is a young person both sharing a quote and commentary on that quote. Um, these are pretty low um, barrier to entry activities, and I'll show you how we produce these in just a moment. It actually takes young people into um, HTML and CSS, into the actual code, but it's a pretty intuitive approach um, and a light lift effort. A higher, another, another approach we take is something we call um, Hack the News, and I'll, I'll show you where all of these activities live, and you can find them in the newsletter as well, and in that um, discourse thread I shared at the beginning of the forum. Um, and so here's an example of a Washington Post article um, on how Trump uh, reveals his plans for a border wall, and it's written by Dick Bob Woodward. We use a tool called X-Ray Goggles to let young people um, break into this, or hack this website. It doesn't actually impact the Washington Post. It creates a copy, a duplicate version of this 
um, page and allows them to interact with the duplicate page version. And this is actually a much more user-friendly tool, and I'll show you it in a second. Um, and so while the first couple examples I showed you were simpler um, commentary, simpler forms of commentary, hack the news activity using x-ray goggles allows for young people to do a lot more um, ex uh, expression, creative expression. So I'm going to show you that in a second. Um, and, and so what you'll see here is that this young person has substituted his own photo um, for uh, Donald Trump, this article about Donald Trump. They've changed the headline a little bit from it's now a horrible plan. Um, and, uh, and then if you go into the text, they've actually also modified the text of the post. Um, and here in particular is when they start talking about when it comes to the STEM program, Donald Trump might send back children and young teens that could have been in the STEM program, children and young teens that could have benefited from the program with knowledge to help them in the future. So here's a young person who's really speaking about their own perspective on this news story. Um, and so you can imagine um, thinking about the sort of letters to the next president theme, having young people write letters to um, our next president in the form of editorials on the Washington Post the way they'd like to see their voice. Um, I think I think that's important to to mention when we're talking about um, uh, political commentary um, is that we want to maintain uh, the web as um, an inclusive place, as a place that sort of respects a lot of different perspectives. Um, and so uh, you know really making sure that students back their arguments up with facts and cite sources when they can. Um, you know, have them fact check, um, and uh, you know, it, it just inform their opinions and, and make sure that they're considering this both an informed response and an inclusive one that respects the many different perspectives of folks um, and how they show up in that space. So we did some preempting of that before students dove in. I asked them to be critical about how this perspective shows up in their life and not necessarily um, just you know provocative anti-candidate -can statements. Um, and, you know, the young people are still learning about that. We actually just got a tweet today um, from an educator uh, who um, created their own little um, remix uh, of, a, of a candidate's poster. So that's a poster project is another form of remix that we're engaging with in letters to the next president. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Michael uh, Buist, if I pronounced that right, uh, for, for already jumping in and, and tackling a make today. Um, so I said that... Uh, um, you can find all of this on our discourse page, which is our community forum. I've posted up um, some information and example links for student work that you can follow through through on, and that was the um, mzl.la forward slash makecycle1 link um, that'll get you to those. And all of these examples are made using tools, which you can find on our website, uh, learning.mozilla.org, um, and you'll find them under tools, uh, and some of the tools we're talking about specifically today um, are X-ray goggles and uh, Thimble. Um, these are two tools that allow you to remix and make for the web. So um, in the last minute or two that I've got with you, I'm going to just show you how easy this can be. Um, so if you are uh, following along, you're looking at some of the student work, and you particularly, particularly like this Bernie Sanders uh, photo, you think it's cute, but you want to add a little text, to the top right corner, you'll find a remix button. Um, uh, this works really well on Firefox, but most things do. So <laughs> you can uh, remix this in Firefox, but you can use Chrome or other browsers as well. Um, 
And uh, you can then go into the actual code on the back side of the project, um, and you'll see the code on the left um, and Sanders and the actual product on the right. The scaling's a little funny right now because of the webinar, um, and you can do a little bit of adjustment, adjustment of that. Um, and it's super easy to just go in here and say, um, change this code to be, I don't know, um, and I like um, candy. Yay. Um, so if that's, I'm sure Bernie said that at some point in his career. Um, who doesn't? So if you want to um, quickly remix the text or something, you can do it in a really professional looking environment that's easy for young people to follow and for it to get into. This is one of those very low barrier to entry, low ceiling, um, or low floor, high ceiling activities um, where young people then get um, really discover for themselves how to interact here. Um, the, the Trump remix, the article, this news, news article, is use, using a tool called X-Ray Goggles. Um, it's a, basically a browser link you can load um, and launch in your uh, in, in browser. I'm having trouble launching it right now, um, so rather than uh, trying to uh, workshop this right now, fix this for myself right now, um, I'll just urge you to check out X-Ray Goggles, which allows you to actually visually change a website in browser without that more complex backend. Um, no, none of that coding stuff on the back end. It's very, very visual and allows you to remix that page directly. So I highly recommend you check out X-Ray Goggles for that. So I'm going to stop here. I think I showed you a couple really compelling examples of student makes, something you could do quickly, like the quote project, something that could take longer, like um, really thoughtfully remixing an article, um, and, and where you can find our tools. And so I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm seeing any just yet. Um, so I'll pass it back to you, Joe, uh, and um, pause here. Yeah, that's terrific. Thank you so much, Robert. I think I think it's important just to slow down and notice that those first two opportunities to speak back to media are really, you know, naming some ways we can look at the way composition is evolving on the web and the letters that might be produced, the quote-unquote letters that might be produced, whether you're breaking the media with uh, the LAMPS Media Breaker tool or employing one of Mozilla's tools, you're really producing kind of a non-traditional letter, which we think that this, uh, the, uh, the Letters to the Next President site will be able to host, those, me those multimedia letters. And so these letters to the president, you know, they certainly have the intended audience of, yes, the president, but being open letters published openly on the web the idea is that they might get a much broader audience about you know topics of interest, and that youth might use these these evolving tools to you know compose letters that are sort of in a new format. And then, sort of speaking of new formats and new digital tools, we have Jeremy Dean from Hypothesis, and uh, so Jeremy, Hypothesis is a tool for uh, social annotation. I wonder if you might just like introduce us a little bit to you know. What is social annotation? What is digital annotation? And how might it work in this project? Sure thing. Uh, well, I'm an English teacher by training. Um, and I think of annotation uh, as a kind of the original remixing, right? There's uh, books and authors. And then uh, people who are reading books uh, can write in the margins of those texts, you know, in analog uh, paper books, um, and speak back to, as I think, uh, Alan, I'll use the, the phrase, or talk back to the text, or talk back uh, to, to the author. Um, 
web annotation uh, adds a lot to that. You can annotate text on the web using our uh, tool, and I'll go ahead and start sharing my screen and walk through some uh, some uh, <clears throat> some pages. Uh, so it's Hypothesis, um, and Hypothesis is uh, Icelandic URL, so it's Hypothesis with a dot is at the end. That's how you can find all this stuff. Um, and web annotation, I think, adds two things to the original idea of annotation, which should be familiar to, to teachers and to students, and that is it makes it social, it can be collaborative, uh, and it also makes it multimedia. Um, but even saying all that, I think to some extent I, I'm the least evolved, or hypothesis is the least evolved of the tools we're looking at here, um, because it really is all about uh, text. Um, and sort of commenting on text and less about remixing video, which is awesome, and less about uh, remixing the web. Though it's all, you know, the same uh, kind of uh, talking back remixing uh, pedagogy. I think of annotation as breaking the media uh, as well, though that's not, uh, that's, that's uh, the LAMP's term, right? Um, so we have uh, this, it's a general purpose tool. It was invented so people could speak back to the web. And I'm the director of education, so I help uh, classrooms make use of this tool uh, throughout the year, and we're excited to be partnered uh, with uh, National Writing Project for this Letters to Next President project. So we have a portal for educators and also a portal for um, for the Letters to Next President project. You can see it's annotated here. Um, so there's a little sidebar. The way that works is there's a little sidebar that pops up on the right of a web page, um, and there's an annotation here. Um, and there are replies uh, to the annotations, so little conversations um, can uh, ensue. Um, we've created some assignments for how people can use this in relationship to uh, the Letters to Next President project. People are um, annotating using the to next pres ta uh, tag on our site, so it's a little bit like Twitter where you can sort of follow a feed of uh, annotations created as part of the project. Um, I'll really quickly demo the tool. Um, it can be used on a newspaper article. Um, Right now, I'll just demo how you would use it if you had a Chrome extension installed. We have bookmarklets for Mozilla and other, fire, uh, other browsers, but there's a Chrome extension you can see in the upper right-hand corner here uh, that I can click on, and when I do so, the sidebar pops out, and if I've activated the Chrome extension, then um, anything, I'll be given a sort of option when I select text to highlight it, which is private, or annotate it uh, publicly. Um, another way that I can use a tool, which I think is the kind of best way for somebody who's starting off, is to just grab a URL. So I'm going to grab this transcript of the uh, speech uh, Hillary Clinton gave a few weeks ago or last week. Um, I'm going to go back to the Hypothesis website. There's a little window um, on the front page or a little box on the front page. I can paste any link in there, any web URL, and press annotate, and it will reopen that website with this annotation uh, layer and capability. So if there are existing annotations, I'll be able to see them, um, and I'll also be able to start uh, creating annotations. And all it did was add a little prefix to the URL. Oops, sorry, this video is playing. Um, you can see a little prefix here, which is prepended via .hypothesis in front of the normaltime.com URL, and that makes the page annotatable. Uh, so a little like the Mozilla, Mozilla uh, goggles project, although in this case you're actually sort of writing on a layer on top of the website. You can't remix the website itself, but you can intervene. You can make comments about uh, what Hillary is saying if you disagree or support her argument if you, if you agree. Um, it can be creative. You can sort of just annotate with like uh, videos or images as I was doing today. 
on uh, this article about Paul Ryan. Um, so I can embed a YouTube video uh, as an annotation or uh, an image. So you could have uh, kids annotate with images, videos, and GIFs as part of their kind of intervention uh, in the text. And one neat thing that you can do um, in terms of sharing this out more broadly is I can share an annotated page, this link, again, a via hypothesis link. If I put that on Twitter, um, it would share the annotated annotatable page. So a student or a class could share this out in some way to invite others uh, to join. And I can also share a specific annotation. Uh, so if I'm inside an annotation, I can copy uh, that little link, go to Twitter, paste it in. And what's our hashtag, uh, Kunexpres? That's it. So there's my Tunexpress sample annotation. And then on Twitter, um, anybody coming along will click on that, and it will open up uh, the time, or this was NewYorkTimes.com. Uh, it'll open up that page. It'll open up the sidebar, and it'll open up my annotation. So it's the kind of provocation for the beginning uh, of a conversation. So I think that's all I got in terms of uh, sharing the tool. Um, and how it works, but uh, again, it's hypothesis.com slash uh, education for more information, and I'm available at uh, Dr. Underscore J. Dean on Twitter for assistance. I'm happy to work one-on-one -on -one with teachers to get them started. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of uh, students using this yet. We've seen a lot of teachers using it, um, but we're really looking forward to the fall and having the students use uh, web annotation to intervene in the uh, political conversation. You had one question I saw pop up in the chat, Jeremy. Um, somebody, a viewer is wondering if uh, the hypothesis annotations are live. So if you're on a website annotating, would you see it if someone else was? Right, and that reminds me of something else I should have mentioned was that we have a private group feature which creates, creates a kind of walled garden for classes, and that's actually where most of our classes so far have been using it. Um, in that case, you wouldn't, but it would be live for the class. So we could all a class could be annotating using a private group on top of any of those pages I showed you. And they could be doing it in class, they could be doing it for homework, and the new annotations would pop up. Uh, yes, it's all live. And so if you were to jump uh, to, if somebody actually follows my tweet uh, to the Ryan article in the New York Times today, um, and I was to go and, and reopen my, uh, my view of it here, if you were to add annotations or reply to my annotation, all that stuff would pop up live. So yeah, that also reminds me that we're hosting this idea of an annotate-a-thon, or as Joe prefers, uh, to call, I think, a, a, a annotation flash mob. But the idea is that, you know, we could have done this last week with Hillary's speech, where if we tweeted out the annotatable via link, um, students across the country could all descend upon that, annotating publicly uh, together. So they can be used for live events. I'm hoping to do something like that around uh, the national conventions. And there's a few kind of thematic um, historical moments that we'll be doing it around as well where we're going to sort of set aside a specific time where we're going to invite teachers and students across the country to join on a specific text. But it can be used on anything. So your local newspaper um, that has an editorial, it can be used there. Uh, it doesn't have to be on these uh, you know, major events either. Yeah, and one more question. It says, they're wondering if individual students can annotate on hypothesis rather than an, an entire class annotating on the same site. And I think, I'll go ahead and field this one for you. Um, anybody with an account can annotate any web page they want. And if 
if a student was off on some article that, that the class wasn't reading, that's the benefit of using a hashtag, right? So to participate in this project, if you're you know, a teacher who's going to mark up the news and speak back to the news using hypothesis, if you tag those annotations with pound two next pres, then folks can find your annotations with that hashtag. So if you're reading some article that's unique to you, that's how you sort of bring that article into the fold and hashtags can kind of aggregate um, the content that, that a class is looking at. Really quickly, I want to just jump in. I just want to talk a little bit about how this project um, really focuses a little less. I think we've had great examples that focused on candidates. And as we're thinking about, you know, educators producing letters or educators working with youth to produce a letter, we're, we're really pointing towards the idea that there's going to be one president and, and a relevant letter at that point would be less about candidates and more about issues. And I think most teachers kind of agree that, you know, it, it is high interest for students to think about these candidates and think about who's in the news. And so as educators, we want to think about how do we, you know, get students to some of the deeper issues that will be around, you know, after Ted Cruz is no longer in the news, et cetera. So one of the things I want to screen share, because we're just screen sharing like crazy and why not, I want to share a couple ideas for how we might um, do that. First, I want to show a website, KQED's Do Now. And if I go to um, www.kqed.org and then I click on Do Now, what I have access to is a lot of web pages um, that are framing debatable topics for youth. And I think that pointing educators during this project to all these debatable topics really starts to tap into our interests, like which one you know, stirs your passions the most? You know, which of these debates would you tune out of? Which of these debates would you stay up late trying to support your point? I think that this is a great site for, you know, if you're working with students who, if you ask them what their interests are and they say, you know, swimming and soccer, then this is how you get them to think more deeply about what is of interest to them. This is one way, is to just immerse them in some ideas like this. And another one is this, uh, let's see, this uh, New York Times Room for Debate. So if you went to the New York Times Room for Debate, they've been archiving these debatable topics for years and years and years. And so dropping youth on a page like this, they start to encounter some of this media they might remix or some of the web pages they might twist up with Mozilla's x-ray glasses or some of the articles they might mark up and then pass along to a friend. So those are two places, KQED's Do Now and the New York Times Room for Debate. It's, it's kind of starting to really flush out, like, what are the issues that are truly most important to us? I wonder if uh, some of our guests maybe have some, some comments or some observations if you've been working with educators about high-interest topics, about how you surface those, or what you sort of find when, you know, youth or teachers are engaged in interest-driven work, mixing the media or breaking the media. Um, so, hi, hi again. Uh, one of the things um, specifically around media remix um, that teachers can get lost in is like, where do I find media to remix? Um, which is often difficult to find, and you know, with a lot of different resources available on the online. Um, YouTube, YouTube is actually a great source because all the candidates uh, generally have their own YouTube channel, so you can just go straight to their YouTube channel and they'll post 
any any commercials that they create or super PACs create about them, uh, speech speeches, sound bites that'll all be there. Um, another great uh, source that I usually point teachers to is um, the Museum of the Moving Images um, uh, site. They um, they haven't updated it since 2012, but they have the entire history of political ads um, available uh, there that you can watch um, and you can uh, examine. Um, and then, uh, again, I'll point you to that political ad archives, uh, politicaladarchive.org site. That's a, an amazing site. Um, Please be advised, all 110 West 34th Street residents, the building will be closing in 10 Oh, that's okay. We'll be we'll be done in about ten minutes. Hey, Robert, actually, you wanted to feel the question from the chat. Do you want to jump in and do that real quick? Oh, thanks a lot, Joe. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think um, I, you know, I I find that uh, young people actually. Um, uh, you're right. I think when you first, oftentimes you ask what their interests are, you get soccer and um, swimming, maybe. Uh, but but ask them to dig deep into the subjects that concern them in their daily lives, um, some of the challenges they face uh, in, the, in, their, in their day-to-day commutes to school or um, in, 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 their, in their home environments, often lead quickly to, to issues of national concern. Um, uh, and so I think starting with student interests is, is a strong way to do it. Um, when, and getting to the question from the audience, um, one of the one of the pieces that we uh, that I think it makes something a tool like X-ray goggles. I'm just going to answer the question by by demonstrating in a second um, how to how to do a particular thing. Um, is, is that it starts with a piece of uh, real media, um, a piece of real news or a website. Um, oh, I'm actually going to use the show show this off because it's just a easy, accessible, not necessarily controversial space. Um, is is the Smithsonian's Teen Tribune as a place to sort of get news articles um, that young people might be interested in or that um, are great appropriate at least, which is great. Um, and so I just the question from the audience was how do we um, how can you actually save uh, some of this thimble or some of this um, X-ray goggles remix in a way that's not just a, a link but allows them to go deeper into the coding, um, which is a really great uh, question. So. Um, if we take a look at an article here, I'm just going to walk you through super quick. Um, and I was able to get the X-ray goggles working. Um, just a bad link for me. Um, and when you use X-ray goggles, it actually just becomes a bookmark in your in your browser. And when you turn it on, all of a sudden it starts to highlight elements of the website. And you can go in and pick out an element that you want to change, and you get a really nice little interface that allows you to um, pretty visually and pretty quickly say. Something like um, uh, going, you know, young virtuosos going, uh, heading, heading out into. Um, so it allows you to quickly um, add text, um, update the site, jump into an image. Um, you can also change images. That gets a little bit more complex. So I'm not going to do it right now. Um, if you publish this site, you get. Um, uh, oh, sorry. If if you're signed in to Thimble, actually. So if you go to the Thimble website and you sign in, um, and then you... Uh, I'll just try and make this quick. Um, um, of course, now I'm messing this up. If you sign in, so I'm going to sign in as myself, um, 
and you're logged into the actual site, when you go to publish um, through Extra Goggles, uh, well, it would it would know that you that you're logged in. I'm I'm kind of botching this on the fly, but under your projects, um, you'll actually find those Goggles remixes. So it's a project that you can then go back into and get really hot and heavy with the code if that's what you're what you're all about. You never have to go to this level of detail. You can always sort of stay at this visual element level um, and get a publishable link that you can share with people. But I think that's, you know, just to take it back to the original question and give other people a chance to bat this around, I think starting with things that are really um, viable and present in young people's lives, like what they think about their, their class, you know, how does, how does what they're learning right now in class um, impact uh, real issues in the world, you know, uh, you might get some provocative responses, but I think um, starting with student interests is, is a strong place to do it. Um, but I'll bounce that back to somebody else if they want to tackle. I think especially with the, you know, where do you find content is a challenging thing. Yeah, I'll quickly just chime in there and just say two things I think are relevant. One, um, you can follow, and I'll tweet it in a second if NWP doesn't, but you can f there's a tag for 2 next Prez on Hypothesis, so you can discover what people are annotating with that tag by going to the stream, and you can jump on those documents with them. Um, but the other cool thing about Hypothesis, and I don't, uh, you know, I sort of leave it up to teachers and students to do this for the most part, but one of the cool things about Hypothesis that Joe alluded to is that you can set students loose. And rather than say we're all going to annotate the Hillary Clinton um, uh, national security speech, you know, go find something compelling to you about uh, about the election and annotate that and tell us, you know, why why it's important to you, why it's not, you know, something like that. So there is a kind of freedom that hypothesis allows where the web is, you know, the entire classroom. That's a little much, uh, you know. Obviously, students are going to need some direction, but as Joe said, it can all come back to the center if you have a tag for two next prez and then maybe for your specific class, you can aggregate all of that, all those different texts that students have discovered in one place, and then you can send them to each other's texts and say, you know, go respond to a, to a classmate's uh, interests on, in their annotations. I think that's terrific. And Emily, what do you, what are your thoughts about sort of interest-driven learning and how it sort of dovetails with um, breaking the media using your tools? Well, so it's, I mean, it's one reason why we have the tool to begin with is we we saw in our programs that kids were interested in working with the pop culture material that they're already engaging with and the stuff that they're already watching and they're already talking to their friends about. And so this is a way to sort of take those responses and put them into, put them into a video. Um, and we know that, you know, young kids might not be quite so interested in politics, but there are so many still pop cultural uh, moments that come out of elections and out of campaigns that we think that there's still room there for for kids to to use those as entry points into the issues that they care about and the things that they care about. And obviously this election has been, um, or this, this campaign season has been one that's been hard for anyone, regardless of your age, I think, to turn away from. Um, and we know that kids are talking about it and using media in this way we hope is a way for them to be able to engage with it and talk with it even though they might not be able to vote, they might not have a particular you know, founded set of ideology, they can still respond to some of the ideas that are being proposed and the responses and things that are, that are floating around as a result of what candidates are saying and proposing.
Yeah, and I think that, you know, seeing a strong remix, oftentimes, you know, the youth's first reaction is, you know, sort of the oohs and ahs, and then a lot of how is that done type of questions. Well, and that's one of the things that we've done with Media Breaker that we want to see replicated elsewhere is that it does take a lot of practice to get a good, to, to do a remix well. Fair use is hard. And I think that's one thing I would just let reiterate for every teacher that's out there is that this is, this is a challenging thing to do and no one's going to get it right on the first time. I mean, even the samples that we showed you, they're not perfect examples of fair use. Yeah, but I think the beautiful thing about that remix culture is a little bit of what um, Jeremy was saying, and I hear it in what you're saying, Emily, too, is that um, there's a lot of provocative stuff out there. There's a lot of controversial or, or exciting or, or sometimes scary um, ideas being tossed around, especially in this election. And I think it's not it's no secret to young people. They're seeing it in, in the media that they're consuming. Um, and and when you start with that and you enable them to flip it, to speak back to it, to um, to modify it, to 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 add their own voice to it, um, you know that's that's definitely an impactful way uh, to get young people exploring issues and becoming invested in them. Yeah, and I think about um, you know what Emily when you're talking about how your tools, you know how the tools are really user-friendly, right? And kind of like what Robert was saying earlier, it's sort of low barrier to entry, but a very high ceiling in terms of okay. getting all that stuff right. And I, I just want to, you know, sort of highlight again, this, this idea of working this summer with other educators. So as other teachers are sort of risk-taking and trying this stuff during the summer when they have time and sort of the headspace to do this, this is also a time where you can, you know, do some peer-supported learning with teachers. So... Um, I guess I, I would just ask, because we're almost out of time, how about we uh, sort of whip around and maybe sort of letters of encouragement to the, or uh, letters of encouragement, words of encouragement to participant educators maybe about the letters to the next pre president project? And Emily, would you, would you mind going first? Sure. Um, I would just say just, just keep trying, keep practicing. Um, I think there we've seen some really interesting discussions come out of the the programs that we've done with um, with this, and I think just just keep plugging away and keep trying. Nobody's ever going to get it right on their first time, so. But it's that's it's the making mistakes and the trying again. That's really I think where the fun is with with remix. Yeah. I love I love this theme of making mistakes, and I think Joe, you're right. Summer is the time to sort of fail early, fail often, um, to get your feet uh, wet in some of this. Um, this technology, you know, but the letters to the next president is such a timely issue, um, or it's such a timely activity around um, a timely issue with this election coming that I think um, it's a way for you as an educator to use these tools to start doing your own critical thinking about how you're going to vote this fall and how you're going to talk to your friends about these things. So, and then bring that into the classroom in the fall. So, good luck and uh, to everyone who gives us a shot this summer. Oh, man, Robert, you just totally set me up for exactly what I wanted to say, which is, um, yeah, I mean, the cool thing about Hypothesis is that it's a tool for the classroom, but, you know, I met Joe in a context like this, and I know Joe primarily from annotation online. You know, I'll see him annotating, I'll jump in, I'll see him annotating, I'll be like, oh, that looks interesting, let me jump in on there and read that article, too, and, and chat with him in that space. Uh, and so for me, I mean, I'm the director of education, I hope lots of young people use this, I think it's a great classroom tool and it dovetails nicely with their use of social media generally. But for teachers, you know, all you need is an account 
and a link, and you can just start commenting on whatever. And I'm pretty sure that most teachers are the kind of people that when they read stuff, they got a highlighter or a, or a pen or something like that, and this is the equivalent of that for the web, plus your colleagues are there. So it's a little more social, and you can be, can be a little goofy and, and use GIFs and stuff like that to, you know, get, get in that kid headspace. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just really want to thank everybody for participating. You know, Alan had to split early, so we want to thank Alan. Thank you, Emily. Uh, thanks, Robert. Thanks, Jeremy. And thank you to the Lamp, Mozilla, and Hypothesis. Um, and thanks to all the all the educators who watched this hangout. Um, good luck making your own remix and sharing with us. We look forward to checking those out as the week goes on. Um, this Thursday, there will be a Twitter chat about remix and speaking back to the media at that same hashtag, pound2nextprez. And visit letters2president.org and sign up today. So thanks again to Educator Innovator for hosting. You can sign up for the monthly newsletter at educatorinnovator.org for more opportunities like these. And follow Educator Innovator on Twitter at, at innovates underscore ed. Thanks.